What's up, what's up, what's up, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside. This podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray, here to talk about the 84-80 loss by the L.A. Clippers yesterday at the Staples Center, and how appropriate to start this episode off with that song by the Commodores, Brick Hiles. That's exactly what happened in the Staples Center last night. The Clippers were throwing up so many bricks, they could actually build a house. And actually, Phoenix wasn't that much better either. And you can attribute a lot of this uh, actually to uh, some pretty good defense that that was being played on both sides. And also, the referees letting them get a little uh, physical uh, for each team as well. But the Clippers, their shooting was just absolutely atrocious yesterday and you're just not going to win a game shooting 32.5 percent from the floor and 16.1 percent from beyond the arc five out of 31 three-point shots not going to get it done even a free throw percentage was only 65 percent the Clippers uh, were one of the better free throw shooting teams in the NBA along with one of the better three-point shooting teams in the NBA, and it just was not working for them yesterday. So, going to analyze this game. They are down three games to one, and right now it looks a little gloomy for the Clippers uh, in terms of coming back, but you can look at the Utah series, going back to that series when they were down 0-2 and they won four games in a row, and so it's not impossible to win three games in a row to uh, win this particular series, but two of those games would have to be in Phoenix, of course, in order for them to pull this off. Two games in Phoenix and one at the Staples Center. If you look at this series, actually, the Clippers, at worst, should be tied 2-2. You know about the uh, the debacle with the DeAndre Ayton put back in game two. And in this particular game, they had numerous chances to win this game, numerous chances down the stretch. The Phoenix led from start to finish in this game, and the Clippers only scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. Phoenix only scored 15. So it it wasn't a defensive issue for the Clippers. It was actually uh, the offense, of course, just just failed them in this particular game. So I will briefly analyze this uh this basketball game that occurred last night. But before I do that, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Just listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right. Pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you will win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, 
you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. For an Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, L.A. fans? That sound you just heard, that was just some glass breaking in the Staples Center from all the bricks that the Clippers were putting up, and Phoenix, by the way, as well. They did not shoot the ball well at all, so there were bricks being put up on both sides of the fence, breaking all kind of glass in the Staples Center. But again, 84-80 win by the Phoenix Suns. They take a commanding three games in one league. Now, it's really, really hard to criticize the Clippers based on their playoff performance this year so far. I mean, being down to Dallas 0-2, coming back and winning that series, and uh, they lost the first two games at home there, by the way, and then being down 0-2 against Utah, coming back to win that series, being down 0-2 again to Phoenix, then winning game three at the Staples Center uh, in impressive fashion, by the way, and then just laying an egg in game four. And, you know, maybe this is just coming back to to catch up to the Clippers, you know, being down in all of these series. And what I'm seeing, for example, from Paul George is what I kind of feared. And uh, coming into this Phoenix series, I mentioned this in one of my prior episodes that he's been logging so many minutes. Paul George has like somewhere like 150 more minutes than any other player in these playoffs as far as minutes played. That's a lot of minutes. He's been logging a lot of minutes since Kawhi Leonard's been out, but he he has to log those minutes. If you know if he sits on the bench for an extended period of time, they really don't have a chance to win. But he's been you know a yeoman's effort by Paul George. But yesterday he looked tired. He definitely looked tired. He was only five out of twenty, and you know sometimes you can tell that basketball players you can tell when they get tired by just how their three point shot is falling the trajectory of their three-point shooting. They, Paul George, I'm sorry, was only one out of nine from beyond the arc. And a lot of those shots just did not have a chance of going in, just didn't have the rotation that he normally has, didn't have the lift on those shots. And you can tell that he was kind of gassed a little bit. And he wasn't the only player that was gassed. Uh, Ivisha Zubak, he played 40 minutes. He's he's played more minutes in these playoffs on average than he did in the regular season. And that kind of caught up to him, but he played well, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a tall order to try and guard Deandre Ayton. Who's an up and coming superstar, but Zubak held his own as much as he could five out of eight from the field, 14 rebounds he had, but he still had no answer. And none of the Clippers, players had an answer for DeAndre Ayton. You know, he scored 19 points, but he had 22 rebounds, nine offensive rebounds. And if Zubak wasn't able to block him out, damn sure the rest of the Clippers weren't going to be able to do it. He just dominated, just dominated the boards. 
And, you know, going, you know, for the rest of these playoffs, they're going to have to find an answer for Aiton and his board work. And I, I'm not sure what that answer is, but they're going to have to do a better job of that or it's going to be lights out for the Clippers in game number five. Chris Paul and Devin Booker both still did not have very, very good shooting games. And that's where that defense has come in. The Clippers have been playing very, very good defense on those two guys. They were a combined 14 out of 44 from the field. Both of them shot 22 shots, 22 field goal attempts. Chris Paul only made six. Devin Booker only made eight. Neither of them hit a three-point shot at all. They scored 18 and 25 points uh, respectively. Uh, Booker scored 25. But they were they were not the the reason why the uh, Clippers lost. It's really DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton was really really just eating the Clippers alive. And Booker, by the way, took his mask off. You remember in the last game, uh, Booker said uh, the mask really was not bothering him. Uh, it was bothering him because in the second half he came out, took that mask off, and uh, played without it. And he made a couple of shots down the stretch, though. Even though he was only 8 out of 22, he did make a couple of clutch shots down the stretch. Also, Chris Paul did as well. The rest of the Phoenix Suns, uh, they pretty much held them in check. Dario Saris didn't uh, do much in this particular game. Uh, Cameron Johnson, he scored five points. Uh, Cameron Payne, the guy, again, I call him Cameron Payne in the ass. They held him in check, two of eight. He only scored five points. So again, it was a it was a really really good defensive effort by the Clippers, especially in the third quarter. The Clippers outscored Phoenix thirty to nineteen in the third quarter, and when Doc Rivers, I'm sorry, Doc Rivers, here we go, not Doc Rivers, Ty Lue was being interviewed, and uh, he told the interviewer that he was uh, really really happy with the way they were playing defense, and they were really really locking down on Phoenix. Really, really locking down on him, especially Pat Beverly. I mean, this guy, he only scored two points, but you don't look at his effectiveness based on his scoring. Whatever you get out of out of Pat Beverly scoring-wise is a bonus. He only scored two points, but he was just a defensive dog all night long on Devin Booker and whenever he had to guard Chris Paul. And also Terrence Mann. You know, also played very, very good defense. Terrence Mann played 33 minutes. And you're going to get some offense out of him. He was four out of nine, scored 12 points. Now, one of the thing I one thing I did disagree with Ty Lue or did not understand is instead of playing the same starting five that you played in game three when they played really, really well, that starting five included Terrence Mann and Zubak. This particular game, he put Morris back into the starting lineup and had Terrence Mann come off the bench. Now, I'm one of those proponents where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That lineup that they had in game three was working. And you can bring Morris off the bench. Morris had not been playing well in the last, say, two or three games. And a lot of it can be attributed to his uh, knee injury. Uh, for what it looked like, the announcers were saying looks like he was moving a little bit better. But he may have been, uh, you know, he may have been a little... Rusty, you know, he played Morris, I'm speaking of now, 22 minutes, but he was only two of eight from the field, only scored four points or three from behind the arc. He did not play well at all. And if you're going to start a guy, then you would think 
that that particular guy is going to finish the game. Okay, in the fourth quarter, Morris sat on the bench for most of that fourth quarter. They had Terrence Mann in there. The only reason why Morris came uh, back in, I believe, is when Zubak went to the bench uh, briefly to get a blow. Again, Zubak played 40 minutes. He was definitely tired out there, so he brought Morris back in. But, you know, you started him, but you're not going to finish him. You know, he's not going to be in the game at the end. I think Ty Lue should have left that lineup alone and had Morris come off the bench and start Terrence Mann. But again, you know, that's the decision that Ty Lue made. So we'll see what happens in game number five. See if he's going to put Terrence Mann back in that back into that starting lineup. And another thing I mentioned in the last episode was Luke Kennard, I thought, should be getting more minutes than 13. He got 13 minutes in this game four. He only scored two points, but, you know, it's hard to get into a flow if you're only, you know, playing 13 minutes. You know, I know Marcus Morris is a bigger guy. And, you know, maybe you wanted him in there for some rebounding. But the way they were bricking these uh, shots up, you need scoring is what you need. You need you need scoring. And you want to get in. One thing Luke Kennard can do when he's open is shoot the ball. So I'm not sure what, you know, what, what Ty Lue's reasoning was for that particular lineup change. But in this instance, it definitely did not work. Did not work at all. Reggie Jackson. Played 40 minutes. He's also logging an awful lot of minutes. And again, I mentioned in the last episode, um, Steve Ballmer, you're going to have to open up a checkbook and play, pay this guy. If you pay Luke Kennard $64 million, I'm not sure how much it's going to cost for Reggie Jackson. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's playing so well that he's going to have other suitors out there as far as other teams. And you're going to have to open up that checkbook to play him because you really don't have another option at point guard as a starter unless you're going to let Reggie Jackson walk and start Pat Be- uh, Pat Beverly, which I don't think you're going to do. And Rajon Rondo would probably not be on this team next year. Rondo is not even playing in this particular series. He did not play yesterday. DNP, coach's decision. So Reggie Jackson is the guy. And again, he's been playing very well. He was 8, eight out of 24 from the field. Only 2 out of 9 from beyond the arc, but you know, he wasn't shooting it well beyond the arc, but neither was the rest of the Clipper squad. And Reggie Jackson hit a, you know, a couple of those threes uh, in the second half with the two that he made. I believe they both were in the second half and kind of helped pull them back in the game. So he scored 20 points and played pretty well. So all in all, all in all, the Clippers still had a chance to win that game. It seemed like they just couldn't get over the hump. It was 71 to 70 for a long time, a long stretch there in the fourth quarter, and they just could not get over the hump. They actually had two possessions where the 24-second shot shot clock ran out. That's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable going down a stretch like that. They had a, a few uh, turnovers that was just unacceptable going down there. I remember one where Reggie Jackson was on the baseline and tried to, tried a behind-the-back pass. It may have been a zoo box or something like that. And, uh, you know, went out of bounds. You know, those type of plays you just can't let happen. When you're you're down in these playoffs and, you know, you're getting down to the wire, every possession, every possession is like gold. It's like gold. And you have to take care of the basketball. And down the stretch, the Clippers, you know, they did not they did not take care of the ball, you know, like they like they should have. And hence a four point loss. And again, you know, at the very worst, this series should be tied two games apiece. You know, with the with the uh, 
the eight and dunk. The people in Phoenix are calling it the Valley Oop. How original is that? The Valley Oop dunk. The dunk heard round Arizona. Valley Oop. It should be 2-2. And optimistically, it could possibly even be 3-1 Clippers. So can the, can the Clippers come back from a 3-1 series deficit? They, of course they can. Of course they can. Uh, it might be unlikely. But if any team that can do it, and that's the teams that's left in these playoffs, it can be the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, no one knows if he's still going to be playing or not in this particular series. I particularly don't think he should. There was some little slight controversy on whether or not Kawhi Leonard should be on the bench with the rest of his boys. And I can see it both ways. You know, maybe that'll pick the, it would pick the Clippers up a little bit. If he was uh, sitting on a bench instead of in the suite up there, up there somewhere in the stable center and, 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 you know, clapping from up there, or he doesn't even, you know, this guy, he shows no emotion at all. He, they put the camera on him one time and I believe Van Gundy said after the Clippers made a basket, Van Gundy said, and look at Kawhi Leonard. He's all excited. You know, he's all geeked up. He was just standing there or sitting there. With his, with his arm folded. He wasn't doing anything. So I'm sure Van Gundy was being a little facetious there. But I don't know. Maybe he should uh, maybe be a little luck if he came down there and sat on the bench. You know, show his team a little support. You know, come down on the floor. And, you know, try to give some a little direction to, to these guys. You know, be another coach on the bench. I think that could possibly serve the Clippers well. But in any event, it's still work to be done, of course. The next game is tomorrow night in phoenix and you know i don't need to say that's a must win game of course it's must win because if they lose they're out and um i think the clippers will make a good showing for themselves in that particular game you know when a team team's back are against the wall they tend to come out fighting a little bit harder they tend to be a little bit more focused and in basketball one of the toughest things to do is to close out a team is to close a team out that's really really tough to do unless it's like a game seven or something like that. And the Phoenix Suns know that the Clippers are, are, are like a comeback team. They, they've, they've showed it all playoffs, so they will have that in the back of their mind as well. They don't want to lose this game in Phoenix and then go back to the Staples Center. They definitely don't want to do that. So they're going to be playing hard as well. So we will see how it goes tomorrow night. Go Clips, Clip Joint, Clipper Nation, Clipperholics. Keep the faith. This team can come back and win three straight games. Wouldn't that be wonderful if that happened, though? This team, if they were to do that, by the way, come back and win three straight games against Phoenix, they're winning the NBA championship. I don't care if it's Milwaukee or Atlanta. They are going to come back and win this championship if they are able to come back from a 3-1 deficit. I mean, at that point, it's just going to be destiny. They're just destined to win. And it's a slight possibility that Kawhi Leonard could be back for the finals. But as Ty Lue said, one game at a time, one game at a time, game five, you know, let's get to it. Let's focus a little bit more on offense, focus a little bit more on taking care of the basketball and, and, and keep playing that defensive game that you've been playing, you know, running a couple of guys at Devin Booker, you know, putting a body on them, putting a body on Chris Paul and, you know, try to keep DeAndre Ayton, off the boards as much as possible. I'm not even sure that that can happen, that they can even do that. But again, that's why they play, pay Ty Lue all the big bucks. 
and we can, we'll see if he can come up with a scheme to try to limit the amount of uh, – definitely the amount of offensive rebounds that DeAndre Ayton gets because, you know, that just obviously leads to uh, second shots and sometimes third shots. And in close games like that, that'll just kill you. So with that, basketball fans, and specifically you Clipperholics out there, I'm going to leave it right there. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Thanks to the Basketball Podcast Network for putting this on. And thanks to DraftKings.com, our sponsor. And if you want to, or if you don't want to miss any more episodes of LA Courtside, make sure you subscribe to in whatever platform that you use to get your, to get your podcast, whether that be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whichever platform that you use. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate, comment, and review. I really would appreciate that. And again, until the next episode of L.A. Courtside, peace.